I wanted to uh, let you guys know, we, we started this new table last week, and we have it again here, just to give you the opportunity to have the Word of God in your hands. If you forget your Bibles or need to borrow one, just go ahead and take them. They're, they're quite nice. They're on the back table. If you don't have a Bible and you need to take one, uh, have it. It's a gift from us to you. Um, I believe uh, in having the Word of God in our hands, and that is one of our passions as a church. And we also have sermon notes back there. You can... Uh, Take notes. We have pens back there to take notes. If you want one of our life journals, they're back there as well. I think it's $10 um, for those. But yeah, I just encourage you to use that table. That will be there every uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I know in college, I always forgot to bring, always forgot to bring my Bible. But um, they had a table with, with Bibles for me to be able to open up. And it's just, it's just good. Wow, my Bible disappeared, actually. That's funny. Um, oh, there's some at the back table. Wow, thank you so much, Bree. That is awesome. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. New Testament, uh, Philippians, and it goes Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all short letters by Paul. In my Bible, it's page 1311, so you can try that out. Yeah, that was just a powerful time. I thank you so much, uh, youth leaders, for sharing what you shared, and thank you so much to the worship team for leading us in worship. This has been just a very powerful time. Uh, I'm pretty excited to be back in Philippians. Uh, the last two weeks, just a lot of excitement around it, a lot of life around it. Um, just hearing from Paul, it's a very encouraging letter, and I was thinking about how encouraging it is, but with Paul, he has this ability to have his letters be both encouraging but also challenging. Have you noticed that about Paul? He's, he's encouraging, but he's also challenging. He has this amazing ability. It's a gift from the Lord to encourage and challenge at the same time. And today, as we read this portion of, cha- of, of, of Philippians, and we're in chapter 4 today, uh, you're going you're gonna to see this again. It's just this power of Scripture, the power of the Word of God to both encourage us but also challenge us at the same time. And so I, I just want to start by praying that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would open our eyes today, open our ears today, that we would see, that we'd be able to hear what he's doing, that we would be able to even receive that challenge, but also receive that encouragement from the Lord. So let's take this time serious and let's pray together. Lord, I just pray that you would speak loudly and clearly today, that you would uh, challenge us, but you would also encourage us, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to help us and show us what it means to walk a path for your glory and for your kingdom and for your name. Lord, we want to be changed by you. Any area where we've gone astray, anywhere where, we, where we've missed the mark, Lord, we do not want to just rest here in our pride and our arrogance and leave the same. Lord, break us down. Break us down, Lord. Break us down. Any wall, any territory that is not of you, God, would it be broken right now in the mighty name of Jesus? And may your truth reside in us, Lord. Any area of envy, jealousy, any area of wrath, any area of hatred, Lord, any area of darkness, Lord, that resides within any of us, Lord, would you break that down right now in the name of Jesus? And would your light flood this place? Would your light flood this room? And may we eat, be, have ears to hear and eyes to see all that you are doing. May your kingdom come right now in the glorious name of Jesus. And we all pray. Amen. 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 Philippians 4, 1 through 3, this is Paul talking, remember. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Iodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So he starts out by saying, brothers and sisters, 
those who I love, those who I long for, those who are my joy, those who are my crown, my friends. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. In what way? Well, and it's the way that he's already talked about in the previous verses. So let's go back. Let's see what he's talking about. If you, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, back in chapter 3, Paul has a bunch of I statements. Remember the I statements he made. Verses 7 through 14, he considers everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. He says that everything is garbage compared to what? Gaining Christ and being found in him, verse 9, that his righteousness does not come from the law, but his righteousness comes what? Through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, that he wants to know Christ. Remember, he says, I want to know Christ. He has to know the power of his resurrection, participate in his sufferings, become like him in his death. Verse 11, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, he's going to press on. Remember, he's going to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. Paul's going to forget what is behind. He's going to strain toward what is ahead, press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul makes these incredible, bold statements of faith. And then verse 15, where you thought maybe it was just about Paul. Maybe you thought it was just about this amazing uh, hero of the faith who did all these things for Christ. Instead, verse 15, he pulls us all in, doesn't he? He says, those who are mature in the faith should have the same view on these things. He says, yes, I'm running a race. Yes, I'm pressing on. But guess what? You should too. And then verse 20, I love verse 20 of chapter 3. He reminds all of us that our citizenship is in, anyone know? It's in heaven, hallelujah. And we eagerly await, we, the sons and daughters of God, we who confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, guess what? We are eagerly awaiting a Savior from there. Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, hallelujah, he's going to transform Daniel Allen Bursch's lowly body so that it will be like Jesus' glorious body, hallelujah. Now he says in chapter 4, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Powerful, isn't it? Stand firm in the Lord in this way. I, I want you to hear this. Church, he's saying stand firm in your righteousness that comes from Christ and not from yourself. Stand firm in your passion to say, I want to know Christ. Stand firm in running your race. Stand firm in moving forward. Stand firm in pressing on. Stand firm in leaving what is behind and moving forward. Stand firm and run your race. I love Philippians 4.1. Paul, this is an incredible verse. I love it because he's able to encourage us and yet he's also able to challenge us all in the same verse. He uses words that are so full of challenge and yet they also are so full of love and affection. If you look at this verse, I mean, look at what Paul says. What does he call us? He calls us brothers and sisters. He says, I love you. I long for you. He says, you are my joy. He says, you are my crown. He says, you are my, starts with an F, friends. Look at all these words. And he says, all of you, stand firm in Christ. Hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, those who I love, those who I long for, those who I have a passion for, you who are my joy, you who are my crown, you who are my friends, 
Stand firm. Stand firm. Do you see the power of it? The power of Paul just encouraging and challenging all at the same time. He's able to speak, and he uses this phrase in Ephesians, he's able to speak the truth in love. Right? You've heard that before. He's able to speak the truth in love. In Ephesians, he says, by speaking the truth in love, listen to this, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Isn't that good? That as we speak the truth in love, we will actually grow to become the mature body of Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we speak the truth in love. Right? The, the truth without the love. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Have you ever been a part of that? Where, where you, you maybe have someone that's telling you the truth, right? I'm just telling you the truth. But there, it's just completely absent of any kind of love. Have you ever experienced that before? I have. Or maybe the opposite, right? Where you're just in that community of love. I mean, we're all about love, right? Love. And there is no truth, right? Just all relative truth. Because we love, right? You ever been there before? I have. Run away, by the way, when you get there. That's called a cult. <laughs> well, look at Paul. He, he's a, he has this ability to speak both truth and love. And this week, I, I was thinking about this truth without love, right? The zing of that. It just, there's a zing to someone when they speak the truth without love. And I was thinking about my own personal experiences with this. And, and it's the idea when you have that conversation with another person, and they just start throwing out the Bible verses. You know what I'm talking about? Little zingers of the Bible verse. And, and so... You know, I come to them like, man, I'm just a little depressed today, or I'm discouraged today. I'm, I'm having a tough time. You know, like Cameron was just being really open today, and he's just, oh, well, Cameron, you just got to rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Cameron, you just got to turn that frown upside down, because don't you know, the Lord says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Cameron, zing, 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 zing. Right? Throwing the truth at him, but is he encouraged? No. No. And we're probably you know, been recipients of that, but if we're honest, we've also probably dished that out a few times. But look at Paul. I just love Paul. He, he's not just throwing truth at, truth at them. He's, he's giving them truth. He's speaking truth, but it comes from this place of intense love for them. I, I really wanted to, to see this and hear this this morning, church. He, he has a real love, a, a genuine love for these people. I mean, think about his love. For these people, think of what he's gone through. He has been tortured. He has been beaten. He has been imprisoned. He actually has faced trials of many kinds. Why? Because he loves God and he loves others. I mean, he's pouring his life out for God and for them. He loves them. And he loves them, and they actually know that he loves them, right? The, Philippian church, the church in Philippi, they actually know that Paul loves them. Because he says, you who I love, you who are my family, Sean talked about family. You who are my family. You who I long for. You who are my joy. You who are my crown. My friends. It's just you who I have a passion for. I want to challenge you. Stand firm in the ways of the Lord. Stand firm. I challenge you. Stand firm. I challenge you. Press on. Run your race. He's not just cramming down scripture, right? You know, he's just forcing scripture on them. Doesn't have the bullhorn, right? No, he actually cares for these people, and he's encouraging them in the things of God. You know, and I, I believe in the power of scripture, and I believe that we should be sharing scripture with each other. It's important that we share scripture, and I talked about last week, it's important that we humble ourselves and actually receive scripture from others. 
We we struggle with this, but we need a teachable spirit where we actually allow others in our community to speak to us. Some of us just got to get over our own pride and arrogance, humble ourselves, and allow the word of God spoken through others to penetrate our hearts and even change us. I, I think that's important. But when we are sharing the truth of God's word, it is vital, listen, it is vital that it comes from a place of spiritual maturity, but also a place of genuine love, care, and concern. I was talking to one of our leaders here at the church last week, and they said something, and it's just so true. They said that people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right? It's just so true. When he said, and I think I've heard that before, but when he said it, it it just hit me. People don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the opportunity Paul has to speak into the lives of so many Christians, you know why it's available to him? Because he has a track record of love, care, and concern. He has a life of love, of service, of sacrifice to God and for others. Right? His life has proved how much he loves and cares for these people. And so when he says rejoice in the Lord, or when he says count it all joy, When you face trials of many kinds, when he says, stand firm in the Lord, stand firm in the faith, he's not just speaking Christianese, right? He's not just throwing out a bumper sticker slogan at you or that little poster that hangs above your toilet in your restroom, right? He's not just giving you a little zinger. Paul, he is actually speaking as a brother of faith, as an apostle of God, as one who loves you and he's encouraging you and he's challenging you in the things of God. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, You who I love, you who I long for, my joy, my crown. Do you see it, church? He says, you who I have a passion for, I'm so proud of you. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, my friends. It's powerful, isn't it? Encouraging, challenging. It comes from someone who cares for you. He goes on, he says, I, I plead. I mean, just listen to the verbiage of this. He says, I, I plead with Iodia. I plead with Syndicate. I plead with you. Same mind, to be of the same mind of the Lord. The message version says, Iodia and Syntyche, I just to iron out their differences and make up. Right? He, sa- he says in the message version, he goes, God doesn't want his children holding grudges. So, so Paul has an idea. Verse 3, he says, yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women... Iodia and Syntyche, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Another translation says, these women, they have labored with me in the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So Paul is asking this third party. We don't know who it is. He calls him his true companion, and other translations call him his comrade. And he says, would you help these two women in the differences that they have with each other? It kind of made me think about Lifespring. At LifeSpring, there are some differences. We've had a few squabbles. We've had a couple of disagreements. And and guess what? Newsflash, that's what happens when you're in a community with other people. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but people are really messy. And newsflash, so are you. Right? When human beings are actually in the same bubble as other human beings, stuff happens. It gets awkward. It gets a little weird, doesn't it? I mean, let's be honest. There's times when you think a remote island is a good option. 
But in a healthy spirit-led community, what do we do? In these times, we don't bail. We don't run. We say, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Oh, Lord Jesus, we need you. Spirit of God, would you teach us? Would you speak to us? Would you actually train us how to walk through this conflict in a healthy biblical way? And so we ask the Lord to help us, and don't you know that he does help us? And here he's actually going to help through a third party, isn't he? Through this true companion. And notice that Paul, when he talks to the true companion, he doesn't ask the true companion to kick these women out. Now, at other times, Paul does tell churches to expel people. When, when he finds out that a man is sleeping with his father's wife, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5.13, he says, expel the wicked person from among you. But that's not the case here. Now, see, these are Paul's co-laborers. These are women of faith. I mean, think of it, laboring in the gospel of Paul. Think about what this journey must be like for these two women. These are women who have contended at the side of Paul for the gospel of Christ. He doesn't say companion, kick them out. No, what does he say? He says companion, help them. Help them. Help them. These are amazing ministers of Christ. Help them. Co-laborers in Christ. Help them. Powerful women of God. Companion, help them. You know, the same should be true of us. Life spring, when two people are, who are walking in faith, when they're at odds with each other, may it be our passion, may it be our heart to help them. And you know, one of the reasons why I, I love Life Spring, and I just love being here, and I love meeting with you on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, is again and again and again, I see this played out in our church. Yes, we have disagreements. Yes, we have conflict. Well, we have even worse. But you know what I see? I see Ephesians 4, verse 3, just on display at Life Spring. I see this verse just shining bright at Life Spring. Listen to Ephesians 4, 3. Listen to that. You know it, but come on. We're living it. I believe we're living this. Make every effort to keep what? The unity of the Spirit. Through the bond of peace. Isn't that your passion? Doesn't that just ride within you? Yeah, isn't that just the thing that when, you, when, you, when you're in community and you know things are going south and you know everything's falling apart, doesn't that just rise up within you? Right now, Daniel Allen Burst, I'm going to make every effort, every effort within my ability, every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Again, that's what I love about this church and you see it again in Philippians 4, 3. Paul is asking his true companion. He says, true companion, make every effort, every effort. Help these women. Help these women, these ministers of the gospel, through this disagreement. Paul's so wise, too. And I love the smarts of Paul and, and the wisdom he has truly from, from heaven. When he, when he looks at this disagreement between Euodia and, and Syntyche, he knows that it will end up affecting more than just the two of them. Have you ever been a part of a disagreement and you, and you know that that's just not going to stay isolated between the two of them? Don't, have you seen what happens with disagreements, especially in communities like this? They spread, don't they? Why do they spread? They spread because of envy. They spread because of jealousy. They spread because of gossip. Right? And so Paul's wise, he understands this. And so he says, you know what, we need to, to kind of nip this thing in the bud, right? Because the greater body of Christ could be harmed by this. And, and even as you read his other letters, there's this intense passion that Paul has for addressing these types of his issues head on. If you look in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, listen to Paul. He says, church, listen up. Listen to this. This is for us this morning. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Grow up, <laughs> along with all malice. Be mature, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I love the challenge 
and the encouragement at the same time. Earlier in the same uh, book that we're reading, Philippians in chapter 2, listen to this. He says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. You want to know how you can complete my joy? He says, you, maybe you were like waking up in the morning, you're like, hey, how can I complete the Apostle Paul's joy? He says, well, I'm going to tell you, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, church, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours, which is yours, which is yours in Christ Jesus. The writer of Hebrews has the same passion. Listen, church, he says, strive for peace with everyone. Strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Listen to this, church, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. No root of bitterness rises up and causes trouble. By it, many become defiled. Think about this in your life. Look at your life hard this morning, church. Think about who you are in the context of this church. Think about it in your home. Think about who you are and what you bring into your marriage. Think about who you are, your attitude, and, and how it is displayed and portrayed to your kids. Or if you're a child or a younger person here, or maybe just if your parents are living, think about how you are treating your parents. Do you have a passion to see conflicts resolved? Do you strive for peace? And not just a fake peace. You know what the fake peace is, right? You just avoid the problem. You just avoid the situation. And Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? Or what do you do? You go into a relationship, and to keep peace here, I'm just going to lie. Have you ever tried that? Right? I'm just going to lie. Because I don't want to get in a fight. But do you have a passion? Do I have a passion for true peace? True peace. Where you examine your heart and there is no root of bitterness within you. This could be life-changing for some of us this morning. A true peace. No root of bitterness within you. Where you have asked for forgiveness where you've done it wrong and where you have actually forgiven another person as God in Christ has forgiven you. Where are you at with this? Think about this. Is there a relationship with someone that has been fractured due to a disagreement that you've had? Maybe you need to take a step toward health in this area today. A positive step forward. Now, I, I know in disagreements and arguments and conflicts and those types of things, it, it takes two to tangle. So, you know, sometimes the other person isn't willing to be a part of that healthy step forward. But in your life, for you, with your attitude, the heart, the mind, your things that are coming out of your mouth, the things that you're thinking in your head, are you able to, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, take a step forward in health in that relationship? And like Paul mentions, maybe you need a third party to come and, and help. I, I've noticed that sometimes that trusted third party helps 
in these types of circumstances. They, they can keep the conversation focused. They can keep the discussion on point. It, it's nice because most of the time that third person isn't emotionally involved. And so they're able to walk through that, uh, that, that meeting and without partiality, without taking sides with one another. As a pastor, you know, that's one of the roles I get to play. And, and I like that. I, I enjoy being able to be that bridge between two people or the bridge between two families. But, you know, it doesn't have to be a pastor, right? It just has to be someone who is part of the body of Christ, who is passionate for the Lord, who loves the Lord, but is also passionate for others, who actually loves people and who's not going to be partial and take sides in the disagreement. And you see this with Paul. Paul, he doesn't take sides, does he? He, he's, He's not saying one is right or the other is right. He just says, no, these are two amazing women of God. These are amazing co laborers in Christ. Companion, comrade, would you help them? Would you help these two amazing women? You know, if there's a relationship, I, I just, I know that the Lord would be speaking to some of us through this time. If, if there's a relationship that the Holy Spirit's bringing to mind, make sure you write it down. You know, write it down because it's probably a situation that you're going to have to pray through. Ask the Lord Jesus, you know, what would a step be that I could take, a positive step forward? Again, you know, there's, it's too, too to tango. And I get that there's, there's serious situations where, where people, you know, you're just never going to be able to get that relationship to where you want it to be. But for you, like, can we please stop using other people as an excuse for our sin? <laughs> Be mature Christians and take a step forward. Romans 12, 18, I love what it says. It says, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's the stance of a mature Christian. Put your name in there. So far as it depends on you. Be mature in this place, please, church. As far as it depends upon you. Live peaceably with all. It is the stance of a mature Christian. All right, so you look at these first three verses. Paul, this incredible care he has, incredible love he has for the church, incredible care he has even for people with disagreements. He says, help these women. And then out of this place of true care and concern and love, he's about to say something that we've all heard before. And and the reality is, it's one of those statements that can kind of just sound like, Christianese, right? It's just a good bumper sticker slogan that you kind of throw out. But in the context of what Paul has been speaking, this truth in love, instead of just throwing out Christianese, what he's about to say, it's going to be powerful, it's going to be deep, it's going to be mature, and it's going to mean something to his audience. So in this context, just listen to Philippians 4.4. He says, those who I love, those who I care for, those who I have this concern for, my, my joy, my crown, my friends, rejoice in the Lord. Hmm. rejoice he says I I get it all the junk all the pain all the disagreements the hardships the trials the suffering he says I understand all that and I love you but I want to challenge you it's time to grow up rejoice in the Lord I'm going to say it again listen up family of God gather close my friends gather close those who are my joy who are my crown Though many go away and go astray, you who walk the narrow road, listen up, pay attention, come close. You rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all, verse 5. The Lord is near. This isn't some Mickey Mouse bumper sticker slogan going on. He says the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious 
but in every situation. Think of all the situations in your life. Some of you had some situations this week. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice! Let the gentleness be evident to everyone. Jesus is near. Do not be anxious. Don't be anxious, but I'm anxious. But don't be anxious, but I'm anxious. Don't be anxious, but I'm kind of anxious. It's easier to, be, to say it than actually to walk it out. But guess what? You don't have to be anxious because in every situation, every situation by prayer and petition, with a gratefulness in my heart, with a thanksgiving in my heart, with a joy in my heart, I can present all of my requests to God, all of my requests, Every request, and as I present all my stuff, I mean all the worries and the fears and the pains and the tears and the heartbreak and the disappointments and the suffering and the anxiety as you present all of that to the Lord, he's going to listen to every word, he's going to pay attention to every need, and he will respond. And you know how God responds? He responds with his peace, a peace that passes our comprehension, a peace that passes our understanding. He responds with a peace, and the peace of God actually fights for us, and the peace of God will guard our hearts, and the peace of God will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Don't you need God to fight for your heart? Don't you need God to fight for your mind? That God would come in and say, with my peace, I will guard your heart and your mind all in the glorious name of Jesus Christ I love you and I challenge you don't you just love scripture so powerful encouraged but challenged by Paul all at the same time and we receive it because we know he loves us we know that God loves us. And as we mature in church, live stream, this is so important to me as we continue to move forward as a body of Christ. As we mature in the faith, it's such a good question. Just are we open to the encouragement, but also the challenge of Scripture? So often what I do is I read Scripture from a place of pride and arrogance, where I'm just such an amazing Christian. And let's have the Bible confirm how amazing I am at being a Christian. Right? And you pick and choose. Right? The ones that don't confirm you, you just kind of go by the wayside. The ones that do, you're like, oh, yes, that's who I am. Or do we actually, <laughs> a professor said this to me once. Does the Bible serve us or do we serve the Bible? Or does God serve us or do we serve God? So often as Christians, we just pick the parts of the Bible that help us. Instead of allowing the Bible to be the truth and we just submit ourselves underneath the Bible. Or are we up here and we let the Bible try to serve us? What, who, who really is the authority in this? Who really is God in this? Who really is the king in all this? Is it us or is it the word of God? Are we open to the word of God? Are we mature? Is, is it time to get off of the infant's milk? To be true Christian. What are you going to do when they have a gun to your head? What are you going to do when they say, are you a Christian or not? Well, he, he didn't, wasn't really there yesterday when I was praying to him. I'm kind of mad at God right now because, you know. No. I rejoice in the Lord. I said a couple weeks ago, and it's so true, we need to learn how to have joy with tears coming down our eyes. The mature Christian says, even though everything seems to be falling apart, I have joy in the Lord. I believe I am dangerous for the kingdom of God, church. And you can be too. You know why? Because the things of this world have stopped taking me down. I mean, they've tried with sickness and disease and sugar and all those types of things. 
but I'm still here, and you are too. But are we willing to grow? Are we willing to grow? Are we willing to let the scripture challenge us? I was thinking about this this week. I have two guys that I meet with on Tuesday afternoons, and I asked them, would you just share a scripture that you've been meditating upon? So we shared scriptures this week that we've been meditating upon to allow those scriptures to challenge us, to change us, and to grow us. On Friday, just a couple days ago, I received a letter from Foursquare from our president, Glenn Burris, and it's such a wonderful example of sharing the truth of scripture. It's the encouragement, but also the challenge of scripture, and he's able to do it in such a way that is so full of love and comes from a place of love. So listen to this. Our president, Glenn Burris, he sends this letter out to Foursquare. It's in regards to Jack Hayford and Anna Hayford. Many of you have heard of Jack Hayford. Jack uh, his brother speaks here every once in a while, Jim. But Jack uh, is probably one of the most famous Foursquare pastors we have other than our founder, Amy Simple McPherson. And, and in the letter, uh, Glenn explains that Anna has stage four cancer. And, and in the letter, Glenn and Jack, I just want you to hear this. They both use scripture, but they use scripture in such a mature, loving, and powerful way. I, I want you to listen to this letter. But as you read it, pay attention. Uh, just pay attention to the encouragement, but also the challenge of scripture as they use it in the context of this letter. So April 2016. For many decades, the lives of Pastor Jack and Hannah Aford, this is Glenn writing, have touched countless, lives, countless thousands as they have ministered broadly across the entire body of Christ. Their relationships with Jesus stand as examples to all. Their personal lives are lived with integrity, and their marriage exemplifies stability and fidelity in a day where biblical values are all too often forgotten. The impact of servants like these will never be fully understood on this side of eternity. We all love the Hayfords deeply. Following a series of tests in the past few months, Anna Hayford was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer that has already invaded the liver to a degree that has been rendered inoperable. She is under the care of City of Hope Medical Center, which is one of the foremost hospitals in the world for advancement and research in cancer treatment. The doctors determined the best treatment design to delay the advancing of this disease, and Anna has chosen to undergo this process. Though the news of this has been shocking, there is considerable peace surrounding the family as they stand firm in the abundant provision of God's grace. Do you see scriptures being spoken here? The Apostle Paul takes a wise stance in his letter to the Philippians when he states that he presses on, Philippians 3.14, and later equally affirms that he is in all things content, Philippians 4.11. He finishes those words with the statement, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4, verse 13. In both pressing on and in remaining content, the family pursues God and pursues his hand for the provision to bring his healing graces at this time. Pastor Jack writes, now this is Pastor Jack. He says, our hearts have been focused on and in the grip of the peace that passes understanding. Anna and I are both at peace, confidently looking to the Lord for his mercies which endure forever. Do you hear the scripture? We are asking for continued prayer support, looking unto the Lord for miracle grace and sustaining peace, spirit, soul, and body. And then Glenn says, as they process, please know that Anna is doing well, though weak and spending time with family and friends. The family is standing in the faith, assured of our powerful and all-knowing God, who is not surprised by things which often catch us off guard. Your love and prayers are coveted and deeply appreciated as they process through these days together. So much scripture found in that letter. 
I was just amazed as I read it on Friday, both by President Glenn and Pastor Jack. But do you hear how it's spoken with maturity, with grace, with love? It's the challenge and truth of Scripture, but it's seasoned with grace and spoken in love. You almost don't even recognize it as Scripture, do you? It just comes from such a place of genuine love and, and faith in God. Church, I want that for us. I want that for us, that we'd be able to challenge each other and, and encourage each other with Scripture. That it wouldn't just be darts and zingers and bumper stickers and Christian knees, but it would be deeper, it would be richer. It would be the mature body of Christ growing to become more like Jesus. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Church, at 12.28, the question is this, are we open to growing? I don't think everyone is. I've met with enough people in the 12 years of being a pastor that there's just a lot of people that are unwilling to walk this walk of faith. So I don't want to assume a yes in this house, but you take this serious. If you're a mature Christian, if you are one who's walking with the Lord, are you willing to grow? Because I believe that LifeSpring Church, we are in the season of growth. And we're going to grow and grow and grow and grow. That there is an attitude and a spirit here that is willing to let the Lord Jesus Christ break down anything that is not of him so that what is growing is something truly supernatural and miraculous. The spirit of God rising up in this place and that we are right now, even today, as we go out these doors, I, this is why I love LifeSpring Church, that even today as we go out these, out these doors, we are rising up, growing to become the mature body of Christ. Don't you know that when you go back to work on Monday morning, you're looking a little bit more like Jesus? Don't you know when I go back to my wife and my kids, I'm going to look and sound a little bit more like Jesus? Does that make anyone else just want to shout praise to God that by His Holy Spirit, we are not the same. We are leaving changed 